Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Welcome back to another edition of the Internet's Most Dangerous Tottenham Hotspur Podcast. It's Wheeler Dealer Radio, and I probably sound a lot more excited than I am right now because we have to talk about another unpleasant loss to Liverpool. Tottenham lost 3-1 today, and it super sucked. Uh, Joining me tonight are our regular panelists of Ben Daniels and Brian Ashlock. Brian, uh, how, how are you doing tonight after today's just outstanding performance by Tottenham Hotspur? I mean, it's another day in quarantine hell, Greg. Um, honestly, it's it, it's like being in uh, no exit. Like, every day is just miserable and um, no improvement and no, no, it doesn't get worse, I guess. Ooh. <laughs> we're going to have to, we're going to have to, have to come back to that one in a few weeks. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to have to get that Jose Mourinho tattoo, though. <laughs> Benjamin, how are you doing tonight, and how much does that have to do with your uh, portfolio's position? Oh, wow. Well, I have a, a really impressively diversified meme portfolio going on right now in the stock market, and it, I just get to watch it keep going up despite the best efforts of the fat cats on Wall Street. And, uh, yeah, we're going to take these hedge funds down. I, I really hope you didn't invest too much money in Left Shark because I don't think that's going in places. No, I put a lot of money in the uh, Boromir, uh, one does not simply walk into Mordor. See, that's a good steady retirement stock. That's that's going to that's gonna really carry you through for years. Yeah. Um, some some lolcats, you know, it's they're older, but, you know. Again, Legacy memes, yeah. You're just going with really responsible choices for your meme investments. I, you, know, you know, it's good to see that, man. Too many people get carried away with... Whatever the latest hot trend is, but no, not you. You go with the tried and true. Got to, got to invest in those blue chip memes, <laughs> you know, honestly. Yeah, you know, like something like American Chopper, it's like seems like a little more volatile, you know, but whenever you think it's just going to, it's going to go out of fashion, it always makes a comeback. It incorporates other memes, you know, like it would be, I'm not sure how wise it would be to invest in, in Bernie's mittens right now. But exactly. Bernie's mittens are going to show up in your American Chopper meme, so it's 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 really smart investing, Ben. I'm impressed. Yeah, there's crossover potential, you know. If you index the memes, is really when you get some good returns. I I want to apologize to all of our listeners, all three of you who have made it this far. Uh, but you probably want to hear this conversation more than you want to hear us talk about our game against Liverpool. Uh, I thought, I'm sure Ben will just d- disagree with me on this. I thought this was just we've seen this formula time and time again this year. Tottenham start playing off relatively well. You can see them teetering on the edge a little bit, but they're doing okay. Uh, they create a chance or two. They get a goal ruled off sides because of VAR. And then something extremely stupid happens, and the team falls apart. Uh, I feel like we've seen this time and time again this year. I feel like, for all the talk about mentality, uh, I still feel like it... I don't know if that's a huge problem with Spurs, but... We seem to live on an edge, and we don't seem capable of staying on the right side of that edge. I think there's individual things about this game that are different and unique to it, but I, Ben, I'll start with you because I'm guessing you disagree with me on this, but I, I don't know. It felt very much of a pattern of this year where it starts okay, and then we sort of crump, we, our, our whole plan falls apart at the first instance of trouble. I mean, I agree with you to the extent that like we started okay, Last only until Sun's goal was rolled out for offside, because other than that, I thought the first abs- half was like considering you're playing Liverpool. Matter, man, I I thought the first half was like fine, you know, especially <laughs> given that you're playing Liverpool. Up until the goal that we conceded, you know, it wasn't awful. I didn't think Liverpool had great chances before that. You know, it it was like you know if we got now that half with a goal with, without them scoring. 
you know, I probably would have just thought to myself, okay, that was all right. I mean, maybe I'm great. I'm definitely grading on a curve because it's Liverpool, but you know, we've seen worse from this team. I mean, it's definitely the kind of game where you felt like, okay, we're not playing great right now. You know, they've taken a bunch of shots. We've taken very few. They've had a couple of really good chances. But if we can just get to halftime, we can figure out a way to put something together and come out strong in the second half. Kind of like how the first game against Liverpool went. Um, but that's not what happened. They, I mean, they broke our backs right at halftime, yeah, which is very frustrating. Uh, because, you know, we could have said, okay, well, they had about, about one expected goal for the half, and if they had scored zero, that'd be not crazy. You know, but they scored one. And then, to cap it off, they came out in the second half and scored a second one immediately. And at that point, it was just, it was over. Like, you never, even well, though we it, scored, didn't, it turned out it wasn't. It, it ended up being over, but it, it, it wasn't because... We scored immediately afterwards, and even then, it was just like, there was no fight from there. There was no, like, okay, we're going to... There was no initiative. There's no initiative, we certainly. Just, we just kept getting clobbered. Like, this was the worst match I've seen this play of the season. Even accounting for the quality of opposition. This Ooh, is man, I don't know about that. Uh, What's the worst one? Fulham. Yeah. Fulham, we were pretty good. Like, we <laughs> did created so many chances that just didn't score. Like, yes, we blew it, but, like, we played pretty okay for a large stretch. There's no point in this game where, like, we're a pretty good team. I, I think the first yeah. half was largely fine. I know I'm, I'm sort of accounting for Sun's chance it was ruled offside, which... I swear to God, nobody gets more... I'm not saying it was wrong, but nobody gets ruled offside by VAR more than Son, I feel like. But it was just... I don't know. It was like... Again, it's all the problems we've talked about. There was just no initiative. It's like you're just hoping that Kane and Son create this magic and break the opponent's defense. And it's... You know, that happens occasionally, but there's no sort of... You know, I, I, in our writers' room today, someone made a comparison between Mourinho and AVB, and I'm not in, sure entirely how much I buy into that, but I will buy into it in terms of AVB had like the one plan for attack and didn't build anything around it, and I think that's probably an accurate assessment of what Spurs are doing this year with Son and Kane. Like we have these two guys, we rely on them largely in combination with one another, and we just don't have a plan B or we don't have much one. Yeah, you know, I think I'm with Ben on this, honestly. I, I think this was probably our worst performance of the season. I think, you know, look, I, I Greg, I, I see what you're saying. I think the first half was back and forth, and it was interesting. But we weren't doing anything. Like, everything that Spurs were doing was we were almost doing something. Steven Bergvine almost completed a pass to Sun. Then he almost completed another pass to Sun. Like, you know, uh, Sun does actually get through and shoots right at Allison. Like, like, like things that we were doing weren't causing Liverpool as many problems as all of the things that Liverpool were doing to us. And then in the second half, aside from the Hoybier goal... I can't think of a single attack that we even had. Lamella well, had that like, one pass, but yeah, you're, I mean, it's it was not I mean, a lot. Yeah. Three shots all game, three shots, and and, and it's just like you know, I, I'm sure we'll come on to this in, in a little while, but like the substitutions didn't make any sense. The the tactical plan, like I, I guess I guess the starting point I get for me is an hour before the match, the lineups are named. And I understand that you 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 lose Regulone early, you know, you know, late this week due to injury, um, and so he's unavailable. So you have to come up with a different attacking or a different solution on the left wing. But I don't think the solution is, you know, Matt Doherty, and it just I like. The, we have we have another left back on the team. We have an actual player who is a left back, and whether we think he is good or not, he is left footed and he has played left back in big games against teams like Liverpool. He's played him in the Champions League. He's played like like well, Ben wait, Davis. If you put him left back. Who's going to play center back? A center back that. Yeah, I know, I know. It doesn't make any sense. You know, Toby Alderweireld, who was on the bench for the entire match for some fucking reason. Like, I I don't have a problem with how Dyer and Rodon played. I I mean, you know, look, 
And I say that knowing full well that I think Dyer is at least largely at fault for one of the goals and, and Rodon is very much at fault for the third one. But by and large, they're f- they were fine. Like I, I mean, everything else around them wasn't great either. So, you know, playing playing Doherty and then never taking him off either, by the way, which is insane to me as as your left back just it it made no sense and it really hamstrung us and 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 then all the decisions we made after that to change the shape or to change up our attacking options didn't make any sense either yeah i i have a lot of sympathy for at halftime you lose harry kane and that's a big blow and that's a problem but you know we put on harry winks and eric lamella like with, at least with lamella i could lamella who is largely almost entirely anonymous but i can at least divine what was going on there in terms of the idea behind putting him on. But, like, you're putting Harry Winks on? Like, come on, what are we fucking doing here? Like, I'd rather see Sissoko, honestly. Let him run at some players on Liverpool. Like, it's just... I, again, this, this this drives home, in a weird way, I think, the subs of the half, which, you know, again, you're trying to replace Harry Kane. I get that that's a problem. But it just drives home the problem for this team with me. It's like, there's just no initiative. It's like... We're just hoping things work out. Like, come on. Like, you don't have any sort of cohesive attacking strategy. You you lose the focal point of your attack. And your response to that as the manager is to bring on another wide attacker or, or attacking midfielder. Like, like, I just don't understand it because, look... I've been banging this drum for weeks now. I don't understand why Vinicius doesn't get sub minutes. And, you know, I get that he's playing against farmers in the Europa League and he's playing against Marine. And, you know, he didn't look like a ma- He didn't score a hat trick against Wickham or, you know, what I get it. But he is a striker. Like, a striker who has played you know, in a top professional league and understands how to play the position. He moves like, I don't understand why putting him on is worse than playing Eric Lamella or, 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 or minimum, having Steven Bergvine be nominally a striker. It makes no sense. Liverpool have two extremely inexperienced, inexperienced or bad central defenders on the pitch at that point. I mean... Vinicius, at a minimum, is tall. Like, put him on and hit crosses to him and see if that works. Like, there's just no... Again, it's like, if it's not coming from Son or Kane, it just seems like we're clueless. And I don't know what to do about that. I mean, I don't... You know, if we were seeing... Not this particular system, but if we were seeing a system that just wasn't clicking and was having major issues in attack, and it was someone like, you know, Pochettino in his first year at Spurs... Like, I would have a little more patience for that because he's in, what was he in, his like fourth year as a manager, fifth year as a manager at that point, something like that. Like, relatively young manager. Maybe he's trying something. Maybe he's learning something. Jose Mourinho, that is not why you have Jose Mourinho on the team. That is not who Jose Mourinho is. This guy has won two Champions Leagues. He's won however many league titles in however many leagues. Like, he should be smart and savvy enough that we're getting shit that works and we're not getting shit that works. And it's just... You know, I, I think that that's where I am with Mourinho, and that's what I find so frustrating. And I've, I've sort of tried to look at the positives and enjoy what I can. And, you know, there have been moments, but, like, it just feels like it is what it is with this guy. And it's never going to get better. It's just going to be this. And I just feel like we're waiting for the end of this Kabuki play. And, you know, we're going to get to its inevitable conclusion probably later than we ought to. So I'm going to try and get into the mind of Jose and walk through these tactical choices. Because I, I do see a method to the madness. But I think it's all just entirely too clever by half. And, like, where the simple option made way more sense. You know, like, to start with, we played a really effective back three against Sheffield United. And I, for one, was very positive about this. And I think I'm glad to see him persist with it. But... A back three with Regulon and Aurier flying down the wings is very different than one that doesn't have half of those fullbacks. And so you have or two Or all of those fullbacks one, at a certain point in the game. Right, yeah, exactly. But you know, you have two options at that point. You can say, okay, well, Matt Doherty, who is nominally best as a wingback, 
And the thing that he does really well as a wing back isn't fly down the lanes, but is to pop up in positions in the box and shoot. And for a right-footed player to pop up in the box from the left-hand side, that's a good angle. Like, that's where you want an inverted guy to be taking shots. Like, I could see a justification for why that should work. But the fact is, is like, the whole reason the wingback system was effective in the first place was not because Sergio Regulon was like in the box taking shots. You know, you put a guy like Ben Davis or even a Lucas Mora or Eric Lamella, a guy who can be an outlet down the, down the flank, that is what you need to replace when you lose Regulon, is that outlet. Um, and Doherty is just fucking terrible with the ball. Like, he's just an absence of possession when he gets it. So it's an idea that I can see why you come up with it, but it's just the absolute wrong solution to patch the problem. And then you get to halftime, and King goes off. And like you guys said, the way we structure our attacks is Harry King gets the ball and tries to play it to Sun behind the lines, which is why Sun's always offside, because that's the only way Sun ever gets the ball. But, you know, the idea then is, well, who's the next guy who can play those balls that Kane does? Tongi and Dombele. So you shove him forward, and you let Sun be the striker still, and, you know, you bring Harry Winks on to play midfield behind Ndombele. But while that sounds cute and practical in theory, it just clearly didn't work. We depend on Ndombele in midfield to make this whole system work. And once you take him out of midfield, he is no longer getting on the ball and doing things. And Harry Winks put in one of the worst 45 minutes I've ever seen him put in. And that bar is very low because I absolutely hate Harry Winks. Um, you know, it's just like all of these ideas are like, they make a kind of sense, but they're not actually good. And you're right. We have, we have Vinicius. We have Gareth Bale, who honestly had like a pretty good performance on Monday in the cup. He had eight shots. He scored a goal. Like let him stand around the box and be a strike. Like, you know, of all the players from Monday's game, I don't know how Eric Lamella is the one who made it onto the pitch. I don't like Lucas, but Lucas had a very good game against Wickham in the Cup. Like, yes, it was the worst team in the championship, not Liverpool, but, like, how did he not be the guy who, who earned a earned a, a sub-appearance here? You know, but to play? I, I think fundamentally what you're saying, Ben, is, like, you need to try shit. And at least from an attacking band standpoint, we didn't try anything. Like, Lomel, I guess, offers you a little bit of cutting edge off top, but, like... Not like like you just you named like three guys at least three guys probably more who could like Vinicius, uh, Lucas, Gareth Bale. All these guys could have maybe done a job in the striker position, especially once Kane has to go off. And we just we're not doing anything. And I I just don't understand. And I, you know I I get that like you know footballs move past Mourinho a little bit, but he's not you know this guy's not an idiot like. I don't understand what he's doing. I, I understand what you're saying, Ben. I, I get that he's trying certain things, but it's just... It's dumb and bad things is the problem. Ugh. They're dumb and bad, and, and you look at the result, and it sucks. Like, you know, again, expected goals is not the end-all, be-all, but by, I, Understat has us at .1 expected goals for the game. Kaylee's numbers has us at .2. Like, that is by far the worst. Yeah, and even if you throw in Sun's offside goal, it's... Right, it's nothing. It's still it's nothing. not. It's still not great. Like you know, like and like Liverpool were not so dominant that like you couldn't find places that we could have created shot shooting opportunities or we could have capitalized on some possession, some break, and we just didn't do anything. Two of their goals were off just dumb mistakes. Honestly, like Rodon didn't clear that ball like he should have, and I'm honestly going to be kind of forgiving about that because he's so young and this is like second game starting for Spurs or second game in the league starting for Spurs. I mean, he needs to deal with that better. But, you know, he's a kid. Like, you kind of, you've got to kind of accept these growing pains if you're going to start a guy. And I thought he had other moments that were good. But, you know, the, the goal at the end of the first half is totally inexcusable. And that's not down to the system, but it's like, you know, Lloris has to do better, Dyer has to do better. I mean, it's, it's completely inexcusable. And it's just... It's like, how many goals this season do you point to and be like, it's just a dumb individual mistake. No, it's, it's all it's, the time. It's all the time. And you're so right. Like, yes, it's dumb individual mistakes, and the, it's bad for the personnel. But it's like, at some point, the prevalence of dumb individual mistakes that lead to goals. It's like it's obviously a systemic problem. I think Mourinho puts a way more pressure on that back line than they can handle, and I, I, I don't 
don't think if we had a better backline. I mean, I know some people ask us questions about this. I think if you threw it one or two world class center backs in that line, if you put peak era Kyle Walker and Danny Rose in that back line, I think they'd have trouble dealing with the amount of pressure Mourinho puts them under. And I'm not even talk, just talking about, you know, when we sit back and hunker down with a lead. I, I, we, he puts an awful lot of pressure on that line, and yeah, we keep paying for it. Well, honestly, I think that's one of the reasons why we're in this position where we're at, like, that that football has, quote-unquote, passed Mourinho by, is that so many teams now have figured out that the best way to prevent teams from getting shots on your goal is to have the ball and to possess it far away from your own goal. And, you know, that's why Klopp's teams, like... The, the defense in, on this Liverpool team right now is not great. Um, but they have enough of the ball and they keep the ball far enough away from their goal that there's not that much pressure on guys like Nathaniel Phillips, whoever that is. Like, I, you know, like, and we don't do that. We sit in this low block and like you said, Greg, we, we let teams ping balls into the box and expect our center backs and our goalkeeper to deal with stuff. And, like, that's great if you're playing against really shitty teams. Um, but, but it's we, not. We start against Wick, we, we start against Wickham. Like, it doesn't always – it's not always a, you know, 100% uh, guarantee. So, uh, you know, the, that's one of the things that I miss about having a more proactive manager. Is like, is, like, we are not doing things to minimize uh, op- opportunities for our defense to make mistakes. Like – we we it feels like we are making a lot of mistakes, but I, I I agree. I think it's because we are allowing ourselves to be in these positions to make these mistakes, rather than all right, let's push, let's hold the ball, let's let's be further up the pitch, let's possess, let's not allow all these crosses. Like like if you look at like the XG chart for this match, there are so many opportunities in the box. Like, we're not even... Like, under Pochettino, we did such a good job of restricting chances in the box. Like, you would look at XG charts after the game, and and literally teams would have shots from all around the outside of the box, and then there'd be, like, maybe one opportunity in the box. With Jose, everything is inside the penalty area, and it's killing us. And the worst part is... is well, not... Another bad part is is that this is all ostensibly to create opportunities for us to create really good opportunities the other direction on the counter. Yeah, we're not doing that. we're not doing that either. So it's like, what's the fucking point? We suck on both ends of the pitch. Congratulations. So we had the conversation last week about when would Mourinho potentially go or what's the circumstance. So I don't want to rehash that this week. But I am curious, like, let's say tomorrow Jose Mourinho gets hit by a bus or the Portuguese national team just decides we cannot live without Jose Mourinho. For whatever reason, Jose Mourinho is gone from Spurs tomorrow. Assuming you had your rational pick of managers, meaning not Pep Guardiola and not Jurgen Klopp, is this a team that you think like a reasonably competent manager could like get much more out of than we're seeing? Or do you think the roster is also fundamentally broken? Let's assume for the sake of the argument that Kane is not fucked for the rest of the year and LaCelso will be back in a few weeks. Like, I mean... A reasonably healthy Tottenham Hotspur roster that we have right now. Is this, if you could get any, I don't know, Hassan Huddle, Tuchel, if Chelsea hadn't hired him, somebody like that, do you think they could turn this into like a better team than what we're seeing? Well, I think, first of all, I, I think the squad that we have available to us is... I've said this before. It's a very strong squad. I, I've, I've said I think it's the strongest team we've had in a long time. And I, I still think that. And I just don't think that Jose is playing it to its strengths. So if you have a manager that wanted to come in and wanted to institute a more high-possession style of game uh, with more high-pressing, with um, you know that had actual planned... Uh, structures and movements within possession, then yeah, I I honestly think you could get more out of the team. Um, but I I I think the problem is always with with Spurs is what is more like what are we like you know because this team will still probably finish. Four. 
this team will still probably finish top four. I <laughs> no way. I I don't know. I, I I would be very surprised if we didn't. I, I still think we're we're better than sixteen other teams. So is that how the math works? Yes. I mean it's like Man City, Man United, Leicester and Liverpool are all are the top four right now. We're currently behind West Ham as well, albeit with a game in hand. Um Chelsea have replaced their bad manager with a better manager. Um, Arsenal seem to be putting together a decent run of results. Like, I don't know. I don't see why we should take for granted uh, a position in the top four. Aston Villa still look really good. Have okay, but that's. Do you like, think this is a roster that could be turned around? Like, if we got Hassan Huddle or someone in the summer, like. Yes, if you look, if you look player by player and like see how they've been playing largely this season, it's like. Kane and Son are in like some of the best form of their life. And Dombele looks amazing. Hoiberg is, you know, probably the best signing of the season, regardless of what anybody else is doing. Like he has been a fantastic midfielder. Um, you know, Regulon and Aurier both look great. Eric Dyer looks like a real center back. Joe Rodon looks like a real center back. Like Hugo, besides this game, has been playing phenomenally this season. Like person by person, I have a very hard time finding fault with most of the players, you know, yes, that third attacking player, but be it Bergvine, Lucas, Lamella, you know, Delhi. I mean, fuck, a new manager might put Delhi in this team, and who knows what that could lead to. But, you know, we have issues with, like, a couple spots on the pitch. And other than that, all of our players seem to me to be playing really well, largely, this season. So, yes, I think a good manager could turn that – 90% of very high-quality players into a much better team and figure out how to fill those gaps with the rest of our squad, who, as Brian points out, is fairly strong, and turn it into a, a cohesive attacking side that wins games. Like, it shouldn't be beyond these players. And I, I guess, to me, that's what, uh, you know, I sort of talked about this earlier, that's what I find so aggravating. Is like I just feel like we've gotten where we're going to get with Mourinho. It's like, it's all kabuki dance after this. We... We're just gonna we're just gonna live through this till next Christmas or whenever uh, until he gets fired, and then we're gonna have to bring someone else in and hope it works out. And it's just you know I, I wish that we would be as ruthless about this. This you know it's not I don't want to you know I, I'm being very fatalistic right now. I don't, uh, you know Ben's on this podcast. I don't need to play the role of Ben, but um, you know maybe maybe Jose Mourinho is gonna. Maybe Jose Mourinho is going to win the Europa League this year, which I would be very happy with. Maybe Jose Mourinho is going to win the Europa League and have us finish in top four. And we're going to beat Pep Guardiola in the League Cup. We'll have yeah, two trophies. I mean, these things are these things are honestly these things are not impossible. To, like you know, it's not inconceivable these things could happen. But it feels like we're going to muddle through, and maybe we'll get lucky and win a trophy. And it's probably going to be like the League Cup or the FA Cup or something. And I don't want to turn my nose up at that, but you know, it's not a European trophy and. I just feel like, you know, we're marking time for until we get to the ending where we all know we're going to get to. And it's all going to be about the time that we all think it's going to be. And then we're going to have to do all this over again. And I guess part of why I find that so frustrating beyond just having to live through this for however long that's going to be is that I do feel like if we brought a new manager in this summer, they could turn this around or really tune this team up fairly quickly. Now, I don't know exactly who that manager is and you know after hiring Mourinho I'm not sure if we should all I mean we probably should trust Levy because Levy does actually have a fairly good track record of upgrading managers but you know it's just I just god I just hope it's not going to be another missed opportunity where you know we have a guy who can come in and maybe really get this team humming or have an opportunity to get this team humming and instead we're just going to like wait until we know for sure that it's the ending we all think it's going to be. I mean, I guess, look, the bright side is is that we have Brighton this weekend, <laughs> and maybe we can go out there and, like, kick the shit out of them. Like, I don't know. I'd feel a little bit better if we went out there and won 4 nothing, and, and then, you know, then I'd be... We barely beat them last time. Well, that's the, that's <laughs> the, that's the promise. <laughs> no, we're going to... We're going to kick the shit out of him. It'll be fine. It'll be totally fine. A performance like this is actually kind of acceptable if you're taking care of business against, like, everybody else. Like, if if we were winning all of our games against lower-tier squads, like, it would be okay if you sort of drop an egg against Liverpool. God knows Pochettino did that enough. Uh, but we're not even doing that, you know. 
Like, I would be fine if Jose Mourinho was being an effective flat-track bully, but he's not. Well, and then I, I think the the stat that I heard in the broadcast today was basically, like, Spurs haven't won back-to-back league games since November. And and that goes back to one of the things that I keep talking about on the show. It's like, we, we don't build up momentum. We don't have a good run of results. Like, we had that good run in October and November where we took, like, whatever it was, nine points from ten games, or ten points... 10 points from four games or something like that. And then since then, it's just been up and down and up and down and up and down. And and you, you, you can't get into the top four. You can't compete for a title if that is the form that you're going to display across the season. You need to have good runs. Like, you know, all of those really good Pochettino teams went on long unbeaten runs. They went on long winning streaks. Like, that's not what this team is doing. And 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 like you said, Greg, like we're not even consistently beating up on the teams that we should. Um, because, you know, we just had the Fulham match and the Wolves match. And we how many times have we talked about Newcastle and West Ham? And it's just like, you know, let's let it, it, we've got to get results in these upcoming games against Brighton, against West Brom, against Burnley. Like we just have to win those matches. Um, I go ahead, Ben. Sorry. Oh, I was just being glib. Yeah, like we're not gonna. So whatever. I guess the only. I mean, again, we if we're talking for bright spots, I thought overall. I mean, he conceded a goal. He's a center back, so you don't want to get too um, over dramatic about it. But I thought Rodon had a nice game, all things considered. You know, I think that if if you look at a guy who came up in the championship and had his second start in the league, you know, I thought that was promising against Liverpool, all things considered. I mean, he needs to get more confident and improve his decision making. But you know, I think I feel good about that signing. Yeah, he's fine, but it's just like he keeps getting chucked on in these high leverage games, and it's just like you know, like. Look, the Chelsea game, he was largely fine, but he had that one back pass. And then in this game, he was largely fine. He had a really good tackle on Sadio Mane, uh, Mane to prevent a goal. And then also he had whatever the hell he was doing on uh, on the other goal. Like, I, he chests it, but doesn't chest it towards Lloris, but doesn't also... I, I, well, he, thinks like he's chesting even... it. he thinks he's chesting it out of bounds, but not... He's to get right in Monty's path. It's yeah. I, I just don't know what his thought process is on that, and so you know, it's kind of like consistent. It, it, it's a it's a classic Tottenham defender where you've got like just like largely good performances, but every once in a while he shuts off. Like this is great early Michael Dawson type stuff. Yeah, but you know, you know what that's like, better than like what we've been seeing out of Sanchez the last couple times we started him. Yeah, I don't. I yeah. I, I I guess I just I I I'm not down on Rodon. I think he was good. I think he will be good. But I also just don't understand why Alderweireld's not playing. Yeah, I mean, like he's getting old, and like you know, it's fine to transition him. But like, yeah, I don't think he's been so bad when he played that it's like. Yeah, why wasn't he starting today? Or or in, in like a month, you know, we haven't started him in a league game and. But- but also, didn't we give him a three-year contract, like, last season? Like, uh, so if he's old and we have to start transitioning him, maybe Why we, we shouldn't have given him a contract like that? Yeah. Especially, like, in a back three, it seems like it's the best place you can hide him is, like, put him deep in the center of that back three, let Dyer and Rodon play around him, and, you know, move Davis to left wing back uh, to take this all full circle. But, uh, I mean, it's like... It's telling that, like, we you know we relied on this pairing of Toby and Jan for so long. Jan got cooked. <laughs> that's a that's a cookbook reference. Um, Jan can cook. Anyone? No, that's Just fine. Keep okay. it going, man. Uh, We're anyway, no selling it. Just go. We know we had to replace these guys. Like, why are we not making like a marquee center back signing? Why are we relying on? hoping Eric Dyer can revive his career as a center back. Why are we re- relying on this kid we bought from Swansea? Like, It's just a, such an obvious m- big move that we have to make. And we know the last one we made doesn't cut it. Davison Sanchez is not good enough. Like, How have we just let this hole get bigger? 
because we've ripped off Inter for Erickson and they took it out of our ass this summer. Uh, I don't know. You're absolutely right. It's one of the areas that this team definitely needs to buy in. Uh, I don't have any thoughts about Aurier. Apparently he left the, the stadium at halftime. Uh, as of this recording, we have no further information. So uh, just hearing that, it doesn't sound good. Like, even if you get injured, you should sit in the stands. Um, so, you know, hope I mean, we all like Doherty. I also just like I I still don't really understand why he was the one that got removed. Like so, while I don't condone you know him bailing and being like f this I'm going home, uh, I can understand why he's confused because I mean Doherty was out there and uh, Oria was not the problem. Oh, like yeah. there were so many people who were bad. I mean, yeah, I, I just don't think, you know, I don't think the Aurea performance in the first half was such that you would look at it and go, he was obviously the issue here. We should remove him and replace him with a midfielder. Um, it just doesn't make sense. And and, and so, like, look, I, I understand why he's upset. I understand why anybody who gets hooked at halftime will be upset. Um, but, yeah, like... You, should probably at least just hang out for the second half. Yeah, that's bad. I mean, but you're right. It, it would be weird if he was the one who got rage subbed. Like, he, he did not seem to justify that. Just, I mean, from what we know and what we can tell, it, it did not seem like that was justified. Is there anything we, we can talk about that's not Liverpool? Because yeah, we have some questions, Ben. I was about to transition. Thanks thanks for stealing my thunder. Um I'm just mad that you guys didn't understand my cool cookbook reference. Yeah, well, welcome to the party. I'm sure it was very clever. So, Todd, that makes me cry, asked the question, which I'm really not interested in answering his question. I'm more interested in talking about his question. He wants to know what character from Game of Thrones is Harry Winks. I was really struck when I saw this question. When's the last time you heard of Game... I guess everybody's been asking this a little bit, but, like, has can you guys think of anything that has fallen off the cultural landscape faster than... Game of Thrones. I mean, that is like some Jan Vertonghen, like, elite-level play falling off a cliff-level stuff right there. It is... I mean, that was the biggest show in the world for, like, seven years, and no one talks about it anymore. The only time anyone talks about it is when they talk about how nobody talks about it. Yeah, I really thought, like, collectively, we had just agreed that after the last season, we were done speaking about Game of Thrones. Until a new book comes out. Which will never happen. And when that does happen, we'll all just talk about how bad the last season of Game of Thrones was. I mean, they're going to make us talk about Game of Thrones again eventually, because at some point, before another book comes out, there will be a new season of, like, Game of Thrones prequels. So that's good. we'll that's all a, that's then a tall, have to that's pretend a tall amount that we know everything about the Targaryens and stuff again. The Targaryen. Now, that's a name I haven't heard in a very long time. I can't even think of any Game of Thrones characters. Like, who is some, like, very small and very unimportant... Like, Hot Pie. Harry Winks is Hot Pie. Well, he's notoriously not very small, but... Well, but he's, like, a short, like, child-like person. <laughs> I can't think of any other... I can't... Who else is on the fucking caravan with what's-her-name? Um, he... I can't even think of... He's Prince Tommen specifically when he jumps out the window and just like takes a header onto the pavement. No, I think like, we're I think we're Prince Tommen when he jumps out the window when we're watching this team right now. <laughs> the only thing I can think of in terms of Game of Thrones and something that's just fallen off the cultural map as quickly as Lost. Like that was another show that like kind of had been bad for two or three seasons before we all before it ended. But we all kept watching out of habit, and then as soon as it was over, we just stopped talking about it. I I didn't make it all the way through Lost. It felt like it was never going to go anywhere, and like that writing was on the wall. It was like bailing out of Jose's season last year, knowing that the third season of Jose Mourinho was going to end in tears. So why am I wasting time watching this? Watching the second season. <laughs> So are we are we are we trying to find out where the outrigger went in the in the in the terms of Jose Mourinho? Are we in the time travel season of Jose Mourinho? I am wish I, am we were I, in the time do I remember season. way more about Lost than I thought I did? Yeah, 
I think this is just a pretext for Greg to talk about Lost, and nobody else wanted to talk about Lost for the past ten years. Hey, and so he has an opportunity to have the conversations that nobody's been interested in having with you. If 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 we're talking about pointless exercises that are just going to end in disappointment, I can't think of a better thing to talk about right now. So. Go back to my stocks. <laughs> I think I think we're definitely at the trapped in a cage of the polar bear and eating polar bear food stage of the Jose Mourinho experience, but. I've never seen Lost. Should really? I? No. No, never. No, don't don't watch Lost. Okay. Like I just didn't watch TV during that like time period for whatever reason, so I missed all of the big stuff. But I had to go back and like rewatch it. You didn't. You didn't miss anything. All right. All right. Good. I just don't. I just feel like I can't adequately contribute to this conversation about Lost that you wanted to have. I know there's a smoke monster. Is Jose Mourinho the smoke? I know nothing else about the smoke. I think monster. Daniel Liu is the smoke monster in this analogy. I'm okay. not entirely sure. Uh, right. Drew Drew Magari reply guy wants to know who is the biggest himbo to play for Spurs in the last ten years. He says not named Nasser Chadley, but it's definitely Nasser Chadley. Yeah, I mean the guy's nickname is the Dolphin. I mean, it, but why is, is it named Dolphin? Any, do I have to explain this? Hey, you brought it up, Brian. <laughs> I did bring it up. I did bring it up. Well, I think I think it's based on how weirdly smooth his skin is, like with that and hairless. Also, what, what part of his um, skin are they referring to when they call him the dolphin? <laughs> I'm gonna assume like his chest and stomach keep, area. Keep going down. Yeah, and the, uh, sure that area as well. But anyway, um, I always thought. It was Randomly got himself caught in fishing nets a lot. <laughs> yeah, sure, that's true. Also, um, who else? Like, is I don't think we've ever really we've really had a lot of like himbo type guys. Um, Michelle Vorm, maybe. Yeah, Ginola back in the day. If you wanna. Yeah, Vorm always seemed like way too smart to be a himbo. Oh. Like he seemed like he was like very well read and like interested in politics and it's just because he's stuff. Dutch. You ever see the pictures of him in his, like, torn jeans? Like, I don't know about that. Like, Yeah, you know, he's hip. Uh, Maybe Gazaniga, too. I think we're just talking about guys that are just, like, handsome and, like, King without... Vimmer kind of had a himbo energy. That's he's true. a real dumb boy. Can't be. That's true. You could be a big, beautiful himbo, I suppose. <laughs> he wasn't that good-looking, so, like, that's, like, where... Well, tell that to Son. Tell that to Son. Yeah. But he just seemed like a, just a big dumb boy who just tried his hardest out there. <laughs> I mean, I think it's, I think it's Chad. I just I, I can't even like yeah like like Brian said maybe Gazaniga, but it's like it's Chadley so miles ahead of whoever's second. Ch- Chadley remains the only player who is like sent Carlos free captain like topless pictures of themselves. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, good for him, right? You know. If you got it, flaunt it, I guess. I guess. Uh, our next I still question... just don't really understand the concept of a himbo, but I think... <laughs> it's it's like a male himbo, Brian. It's like no, a I mean, I guess. It's a very simple concept. But is it like, so it's just dumb and handsome, I guess. Yes. That's the deal? Yes. Literally, it's like right there in the name. It's like, it's not a complicated concept i don't know i just don't i don't know i don't feel like we should be judging people for their lack of intelligence i feel like that's rude but judging them for how handsome or attractive they are that's totally okay but for being dumb that's mean so this question comes from somebody who has never been and never will be associated with this podcast he's looking for a movie recommendation that uh someone could use to play in the background while they kidnap and torture a middle-aged portuguese man I think Reservoir Dogs is the best fit for that particular need, but do you guys have any just general movie recommendations you would give to this person who never has and never will be associated with this podcast? I was going to go with Old Boy for uh, for similar reasons. You want to kidnap and torture someone. Does, does Jose have a daughter, or is that irrelevant to this part of the conversation? He does, that, but I don't... Will that be played Will, will, the, will the role of the daughter be played by Duncan Castles in this situation? Yes. Um, I, I watched... What's that? I don't even know what's... I think it's called The Lighthouse. Um, 
You watch with... the lighthouse. Not on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> that's, your, that's the most Florida thing you've ever said on this podcast. <laughs> I didn't, you know, I. But Willem Dafoe and is it Robert Pattinson? Is that who else is in it? Yes. Yeah. And um, first of all, not what I expected. That movie's pretty much exactly what I think you would expect if you see the trailer. <laughs> well, see, I didn't watch the trailer. I was just like, oh, Willem Dafoe, Robert Pattinson, this will be, maybe be good. And then I'm like, five minutes in, I'm like, is it going to be black and white the whole time? And then I was about a half hour in, I'm like, are they going to be masturbating this whole time? Uh, and, you know, so, you know, that might be a movie that you could torture a Portuguese man with, I guess. I certainly wish I hadn't seen it. I feel like there's a metaphor for our podcast in there somewhere, but... Ben, do you have any actual just movie recommendations? Since we're, we're just talking about movies now? Is that what we're doing? Are we just trying to distract ourselves yeah, from the pain? Yeah, we're trying to distract Back. ourselves from the pain. It's that or we listen to Stain live on the podcast, so I don't know if you guys want to do that, but... I mean, I've been really into Wolf of Wall Street lately. I'm just <laughs> just realizing how awesome it is. To, to trade bullshit stocks and do a lot of quaaludes. That's where my head's at. Honestly, I've really come to understand the quaalude fascination from the the stonks situation because I need something to calm me down, and you know, skiing is not doing it. It's the very opposite. <laughs> um, it's too much all at once. Those black diamond slopes uh, just aren't doing it. No, it's it's very it's a really bad combination, honestly. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I, I can't think of a single other. You can watch Varsity Blues; that's always fun to watch. <laughs> I don't know. I saw something of James Vanderbeek in it the other day. And I was why? Like, why were you watching? Blues. Why were you watching Varsity Blues? Because I like James Vanderbeek. I find him funny. Did you ever watch the show where he pretended to be Diplo? No, is that is that the the B in apartment twenty three? Is that what that one is? No, he did a show where he went around pretending to be Diplo. It was like a documentary or something. This happened, right, Ben? I have no idea what you're talking about. You have no it's idea what I'm talking about. about. It was very funny. Ben, you are you are the authority I don't on Diplo. Know what you're about. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't want to talk about Diplo. Is this like a Firefest thing where like James Vanderbeek was going to be Diplo? Ja Rule brought him in for the Firefest. No, I think this was Vice had $30 to make a TV show with and decided to do this. I mean, okay. I watched that. I, I like the B in Apartment 23 because James Vanderbeek is just James Vanderbeek, um, but like more, which is, which is amusing. It's like yeah, he's great. Bacon James Vanderbeek, basically. Yes. Zlatan, even. Eh, I mean, no one's Zlatan. Less racist, but yeah. <laughs> no ponytail. You know, whatever. No ponytail? No. Alright, well this is petering out. What else can we talk about? Oh, thanks, Ben. <laughs> thanks. What TV shows are you watching these days, Ben? You're an avid watcher of television when you're not watching CNBC. Following uh, your stonks. I'm not. I'm watching The Expanse. Ooh, finally, like, finally you're watching. catching up after all these years. I'm on season two. I don't think it's going to work out too good for that proto-molecule. Uh, <laughs> just finished a rewatch of uh, The New Girl. How does that America, hold up? America's Sweetheart Zoe Deschanel. Worse than I expected. Like, the first couple seasons were entertaining, and I just hate-watched it for, like, another another 50 episodes. I remember really liking it at the time. I thought it was funny. Nice hangout show. Brian, you watching any good TV these days? Nah, I finished Justified a while ago. Oh, that's and, a good show. See, I'd never seen it. It's one of those like gaps in my TV knowledge. And then enough people on the internet like Justified. And I was like, I should like Justified also. And I watched it, and I was like, I do like Justified. Um, and uh, and then so now now I'm just kind of like in between stuff, and I'm just like, 
you know, I did the the most recent season of The Mandalorian, and uh, I think what I'm going to do next is I got to start uh, WandaVision on on Disney Plus. So we'll see. Speaking of Justified, I just watched Party Down again, <laughs> and how's that speaking of Justified? <laughs> <laughs> So, do you feel justified? You want to party down again? There's no, is there anything in common between these two shows? Uh, Loretta from season two, the girl who um, Margot Martindale like fake adopts for a minute. Uh, she w- was in an episode of Party Down as a ch- even more of a child, and I I was just trying to figure out if Raylan Givens was in Party Down, and I just didn't remember it. He's not, but uh, he should. He's been. only in the good place, I think. So. Anyway, Party Down's really funny. You should all watch Party Down. Okay, cool. I, I mean, we should we should do that instead of watching Spurs on a regular basis, honestly. Right, you can squeeze in like three or four episodes in the time you could spend watching Spurs ship three goals to Liverpool. I mean, and probably watching Adam Scott get jerked off in a car is a lot more entertaining than whatever's going to happen with Spurs playing Liverpool. Brian, how how does that rate on your masturbation scale? <laughs> well, I mean, significantly higher than whatever was in the lighthouse. Honestly, figurines and weird sirens and mermaid. No, I'm not. That's that's like at the bottom of my scale. So yeah, Adam Scott, that sounds great. None of us are going to watch Ted Lasso because Jose Mourinho is in it, right? It's on Apple TV. I don't even know how to get that. I don't know. A lot of people on the internet seem to think Ted Lasso <laughs> is charming and good, but. I assume they still download BitTorrents. Is it on Peacock? Like I don't, I don't get it. It's I, on. I'm, I'm is Peacock paying. Apple TV then? I don't know, Greg. I'm not paying for another streaming service. Yeah, that's what you. Until Spurs go on their like third streaming service, you got to subscribe to next year to watch. Until my GameStop ship comes in, I'm not paying for another streaming service. And then what is it? Effective next year, we have to do all the Premier League stuff on Peacock now. Like I, I'm not excited about that. Some of it will be on USA. Oh, my God. Well, at least USA is a network that, like, we have. It's like, you know, that, that was the appeal. Yeah, I get to combine. I, get to, I just get to go back-to-back. Back. I get to watch Tottenham Hotspur, a couple episodes of Crisley Toe's Best, and then I get to go straight to Monday Night Raw. It's going to be awesome, guys. Be, they'll be, you know, uh, Walking Tall the, with The Rock will be on in between. Yeah, that's a good movie. Great. It's a great movie. <laughs> Yeah, a couple episodes of Las Vegas reruns. You know. uh, perfect. Yep, some Bar Rescue. Is that on USA or is that TNT? I think that's, that's Spike TV or whatever Spike, that's. Spike, you're right. Whatever right, that's become. Totally. I think, isn't that like. I'm sorry, that's not an associated property. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that was stupid. Um, NCIS, like Miami yep, or NCIS, whatever. Yep. I, you know, I just. <laughs> I don't get. I, like, I understand that, like, that, that broadcasting. English soccer is maybe not like a huge money maker for NBC, but it just really feels like this last year and a half they they just dumped NBCSN and were like ah this isn't fun anymore. Like you know we're, we're, they're showing Mecham Auto auctions more often than they're showing live Premier League games, and my, my dad likes the Mecham Auto auction. He he much prefers that. But I, I don't know. I just can't see how that is better than live sports. Soccer in America, European soccer in America, finally got on like a major network with an extremely good presentation that was probably better than what they get in England most of the time. And now, it, now like the Champions League and the English Premier League are on the fucking like garbage subscriber services of like two major networks. It's so bad. I just don't get how it's not like if you're ESPN, I just don't get how it doesn't make sense to have those properties. Like, and, and I mean, maybe it's part of like bidding and they're underbidding or they're not bidding at all, but it's just like if you are the quote unquote worldwide leader in sports, how, how is all the soccer you have the championship and Serie A and the Bundesliga? Like, that's which they don't put on TV. No, but honestly, even streaming on ESPN Plus is better than Peacock. Yes, because honestly, just, yes. ESPN Plus is a service I already have. I don't have Peacock. Well, and it works. It's because oh, these other services. I feel like Peacock doesn't work half the time. CBS doesn't work half the time. It's just 
It's so stupid. It's still better than be in, which if you ever want to watch La Liga, you got to go through that nonsense. Like, yeah, if you want to watch a PSG game, not any other French games, just PSG. Which I'm going to when Delhi links up with Pochettino in a couple of days. That's yeah. all I want to watch. So now I got to get that shit. I don't know. Are we? Are we? Are you confident that Delhi is staying? Do you think it's dependent that, on whether or not Harry Kane is healthy? It would be really funny if Mourinho is just forced to play it now. I don't know. I, I don't think he's I, I don't think he goes anywhere. I don't think Levy lets it happen. I don't know. I don't it's he's alone, like That's the that's the, I think the the weirdest thing is like as much as like Levy's clearly in love with Mourinho, I, I realize we just had like 10, 15 minutes of weird talking now we're talking about Spurs again. But Hey, look, he, if they're tuning in for this podcast, they have to listen to the whole fucking thing, regardless they, of what we do in the they, middle. I guarantee you we lost 80% of our listeners by now, but the thing that I find really strange about Levy, and I think I've said this on this podcast before, is just that, like, on the one hand, he's clearly very smitten with Mourinho. On the other hand, I think he's very realistic about, like, I'm not letting him run some of these players out of dodge, and like, which to me at least says on some level he's planning for life after Mourinho. Uh, maybe he's just hoping to mend fences like he did with Ndombele, but, like, it's very strange to me that he's just, on the one hand, smitten with Mourinho, on the other hand, like, no, I'm not going to get rid of that guy. I mean, I think he would if the price was right, and that's the, that's the issue, right? He's like, I have an asset that I value in my head at this, and if we can't get that, then you're stuck with him, you got to make the most of it. But I think if someone wanted to drop $50 million on Delhi, like, yeah, he'd be gone. Are we feeling good about Pochino at PSG? Like, I'm kind of, I'm happy he's out of England. I wish him well, but it's not like I don't know. I don't feel like the need to watch PSG games, partly because they're in France, but like, you know, I just I'm not excited by this in any way. Do you guys feel like you're semi adopting PSG or? I mean, I was already like a sort of PSG fan just because that's the only French team that I can consistently watch. Um, I don't know. I mean, look. I think we, I can't remember if we said this on on this podcast or for some other Spurs podcast I listened to, but it's it's a mostly inoffensive team for him to go to. Like I care much less about him being at PSG than I would have cared if he was at Real Madrid or Manchester United. Like I feel less betrayed or whatever. Like him being at PSG is cool, and I can be happy for him and whatever success he gets at PSG because I don't really care. Uh, you know, like if he wins the league and he does well in the Champions League, good for him. Doesn't affect Spurs. Um, but if he does it at at, at uh, Manchester United, obviously directly affects Spurs. If he does it at Real Madrid, like it's just kind of gross because screw them. But yeah, PSG is fine. Like good for him. I'm definitely more inclined to watch PSG now that Bochino's there. Like, before it was like, oh, yeah, Neymar and Mbappe, it's a curiosity. If it's a Champions League game, like, yeah, I'll put it on while I'm at work from home. But, yeah, I'm definitely more inclined to say, let's see what's going on with Pochettino. Like, I, I want him to succeed. I would be very happy for him to win. It's not going to bother you at all if he sort of finds his motivation again? Like, that doesn't sit, sit with you wrong or annoy you a little bit? I mean... No, like, it makes me sad that like that is that his time ended with us the way it did. But seeing him now succeed at his next job isn't going to make me any sadder. Like I've had my sads about that, you know. Like maybe watching him and Delhi go win a Champions League together while I'm stuck with Jose Mourinho will make me sad in a different way than I'm already sad about being stuck with Jose Mourinho. But like, I I don't know. It's just gonna be like parallel levels of sadness to my existing sadness. It's not going to like deepen my already deep depression. <laughs> and also I think like generally, I don't I, personally, and I, I, I think Ben probably feels the same way. I don't have any ill will towards Push Tino. Like, you know, yeah, like I wish it hadn't ended the way it did and I wish he hadn't kind of like checked out at the end but I don't like I don't hate like, him the way Greg despises AVB. Yeah, no, I mean, oh, it would be different because I hate AVB for different reasons. It's like, I don't have anger towards Pochino, but at the same time, I'm like, I think it's going to stick in my crawl if this guy goes on to become like sort of a mega manager or something, for lack of a better term. 
like really successful he, big clubs. Just the way he just like stopped trying at the end, and I I understand it's more complicated than that, but there is some level I think is going to bother me. I think the thing of it is is like when he left Spurs, I had already accepted that that was the level of manager he was. Like you know when we lost, when when we fired Juan de Ramos when we when we you know when we let when we fired Martin Yole when you know Harry Redknapp was fired like I didn't have the belief that they were the best some of the best managers in the world like to me there are very few managers that are better than Pochettino and and since he has been you know a free agent he's been linked with basically every good open job you know whether that was you know in Italy whether it was Bayern Munich last year whether it was uh you know Manchester United there was there was a time where they were talking about him you know going to Manchester City to replace uh Guardiola like like that's just the level of manager he's at and so like I don't bear him any ill will for being like a big time manager I'm just glad he's not an idea. Yeah, glad. I mean, basically that's where I am. We'll do, we'll see where I am if he actually goes on to be really successful. But yeah, I just don't want it to be in England. All I right, mean, he may come to England in a few seasons, and then we'll have to deal with that then. But maybe we'll be maybe we'll have a better manager, and it won't matter. Well, on that note, this is a really weird podcast, guys. Uh, let's wrap it up. Uh, ben, where can people find you on the internet? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Comrade Spurs. You're not going to tell people where to find you on, like, Robin Hood or... <laughs> yeah, you can find me on Robin Hood at Neolib, you Spurs. <laughs> Brian, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at Brian underscore Ashlock. That is Brian with a Y. And you can find me on Twitter.com at Skipjack0079. Uh, not talking about stonks. Maybe the only person not talking about stonks. On that note, for Ben, for Brian, and of course for Brett Rainbow, I've been your host, Greg. Come on, you Spurs.